Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Ocean Riders podcast, conversations with creatives, entrepreneurs, thinkers and dreamers who also happen to be surfers. My name's Imi and I am your host. I'm really thrilled to be back and would like to thank you for listening to the pod, even though it's now out every two weeks. As I mentioned in last episode, I've decided to take things a little bit slower. In fact, in September, I was a bit too ambitious and recorded far too many episodes in too much of a short time. Long story short, instead of being weekly episodes, I've decided to drop them to every two weeks. So thank you all for your patience. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can in a number of ways. The first thing to do would be to subscribe by clicking on the subscribe button in your app. But I'll also be telling you about other ways to support me at the end of this podcast. In any way, just skip over to my website, theoceanriderspodcast.com, and you'll find all the details there. I also wanted to let you know that if you do head over to my website, you'll find info on my guests in the show notes of each episode. With the help of my awesome assistant, whose name is Leng, we are turning the show notes into something really comprehensive with notes, quotes, photos, online shopping outlets, and even the episode transcripts. I also wanted to mention that if you do click on the books or DVDs mentioned in the show notes, you will be led to Amazon.com. And it's also a way to support me because if you click on the item from my website and do your shopping on Amazon, whether you buy the said book or not, I will get a tiny commission on your shopping cart at no extra cost for you, but it also gives me a tiny commission. So I guess that's a bit of food for thought. Now, about my guest today, her name is Anouk Coroleur. Anouk is French, but she's a world citizen. She's travelled all over the place. She's creative, she's vibrant and extremely wise for her young age. She's a life coach, a yoga teacher and a surf instructor. But today with Anouk, we're going to be doing a bit of soul surfing. In fact, it was quite uncanny when we met on Skype. Our conversation took place just after a massive rainstorm and the sky was clearing and, and it was for some bizarre reason, a ray of sunshine was enlightening Anouk's face. It was very beautiful and almost spiritual. And this kind of set the pace for a fascinating exchange. We talk about finding your true calling, building your dreams, dealing with setbacks and also self-love. And thanks to her experience and talent, Anouk is building a flourishing online consulting business. So we get to know what events led to building her business and what it takes to build a dream job. So without further ado, please welcome Anouk Coroleur. Hello Anouk and welcome to the Ocean Riders podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just lovely to see your smile. And I'll just explain to the listeners that earlier on, there was this beautiful ray of light lighting your face. And it was just a sort of perfect picture. And um, I'll have to describe it in the show notes. Anyway, I was just wondering if you could introduce yourself to the listeners. Yes. So my name is Anouk. I am originally from France, but I've traveled for a long time. So my English has many accents and cultures. <laughs> and I'm currently in France. I teach yoga there and I help women live their best lives. I'm also a surfer. And I'm uh, passionate about nature and living a healthy life 
And yeah, that's about it for the presentation of me. That's great. That's great. So whereabouts did you grow up? I grew up in Chamonix in the French Alps. Mm -hmm. And I stayed there until when I was 17. Okay. Okay. My parents are still there, the rest of my family. So there was not so much surfing there, but my dad taught me surfing when I was quite young because he's always been passionate about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the passion for surfing came out from. Right. Right. So he introduced you to surfing in the, in the first place. He was a, yeah. Yeah. Your story is really interesting because at the age of 17, you just packed up and left for Australia. And I was just really, really impressed by actually your bravery and your courage to actually go off on your own. So what actually inspired you to move to the other side of the world? Already when I was young, my parents took me and my sister traveling at a young age. So I think we were used to having that travel gene and being adventurous in that way. And for me, I, when I was living in Chamonix in the French Alps, when you don't grow up at the ocean, I think when you have a little bit of space in your agenda, the only thing that you want to do is go to the ocean. And for me, after my high school diploma finished, I saw this space that could be created, which some people didn't take. I know in France, it's not so much of a common thing to take a gap year off. Mm -hmm. But for me, it felt like the opportunity to do that. So that's why I decided to go and travel in Australia. I mean, when you're, you know, on the other side of the world, like you dream of Australia, Australia Mm -hmm. is perfect perfect waves cute australian surfer boys (laughs) you know the flora the fauna so all of that really that picture of that dream and so i dreamt of going to australia but the whole year before i graduated and when i had my diploma i was just so like living the dream the dream that i've been caring for for this year and yeah it was courageous But at the same time, I was so aligned with that desire that for me, it didn't felt as painful to get out of that comfort zone. I was very, uh, I had a lot of faith in in that journey. That's amazing. And how long were you supposed to go? Was it supposed to be just a gap year or had you just intended to emigrate to Australia? Yeah, at first it was just six months that I was supposed to go just to learn English uh, which really was just an excuse to say, I'm just going to go and surf for six months. <laughs> but it really reassured my mom. So it was just for six months. And then I quickly came back to France and started a business school in France. But having lived in Australia for six months, having so much fun, coming back to France in that business school very far from the ocean for me was too difficult and it didn't feel aligned anymore so I begged my parents to go back to Australia and and then I headed back there and did a whole bachelor in communication marketing at university called Griffith on the Gold Coast mm-hmm. and yeah and that's where the big journey started and there for me it was very um, out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. very very out of my comfort zone because I was only 18 and I was This time, really leaving France for at least three years on my own. And I remember 
being at the airport with my mom and I started to get a, an eye infection in one of my eye because I was so stressed, but I didn't really want to verbalize it or mention it because you just want to act brave. But so I was getting infection in my eye and then in the flight, in this 24 hours flight to get to Australia, the infection leaked into the other eye. So I arrived in Australia with both my eyes infected, 40 degrees Celsius of uh, fever, feeling super dizzy. It was like a hectic start of the journey. And for me, I really now understand how that was for me, really the edge of my comfort zone. After that would have been emotional danger, insecurity. And for me, that was really the edge. So I think whenever we take those actions within the unknown, it's important to know our limits as well. And for me there, it was really that limit. Mm, that's really interesting. And so you're a believer that the body has sort of gives you cues into whether you're in a good state or a bad state emotionally, that you sort of see that connection with the, between the body and the, like you had the eye infection. Uh, there was also when you were working, you got ill every time you'd go to work. And it was like, there's definitely a, a great dialogue between your body and your soul. Yeah, exactly. So much. And I think oftentimes we don't pay enough attention to those signals or those uh, little incentives that our body are sending us all these pieces of information. We just tend to fix them, to put a bandaid on that information and to not listen to it. When really it's when the body communicates, it's very important to listen to it because I believe our, our emotions are the language of our soul. Mm. And so your soul is, it's like a compass. It's like a GPS, which guides you in life to where is it that you're going to be the happiest. And it communicates those emotions. They communicate through the body. And emotion is a, it's a physical experience. It's not in the head. I mean, it can be in the head, but it's not just the thought. It's really a physical experience. So paying attention to what we feel is so much more important than what most of us, and me included, we tend to view that. Hmm. Maybe we'll come back to that in a few minutes. So you're in Australia, you, you're there to study. What happens after the, your, your studies there? Do you decide to go and find a job there too? Yeah, so I finished my bachelor degree. And in my mind, I'm going to be a little bit like my dad, which is working in marketing for a cool surfing brand. <laughs> and so that's what I started doing. I started getting into an internship that is along those lines. But the thing is, every time I have to go to that internship, I don't feel good about myself. I feel actually cramps in my stomach. So again, that's like the body just giving you signals. And so the thing is that this internship, it is promising me a visa to stay in Australia. Because if you want to stay in Australia, you have to have a, a company that is sponsoring you to have your visa. And so for me, my plan was I'm just going to work my butt off and I'm going to get that internship to turn into like a real job and to pay for my visa. So I'm really just putting my heart into it, but I don't feel good in that job. 
So that's where it all started to steer direction for me because one day I realized that I either had the choice to keep that direction in my life and I could see myself. I remember being in my shower and thinking, if I continue on this path, who would I be in five years? And then I could see myself in 10 years. And if I were to take that direction, I could see myself unhappy. And I was 21. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want that life. And I realized also that I didn't know who I were. Like I was 21. I just finished. I just graduated. I had done some little works here and there, but I didn't know what I was good at. I didn't know where I could really thrive in my life. So with so little knowledge about myself, I at that moment decided that I was going to stop working in that internship. So I was going to say goodbye to my visa and that I was going to leave the dream that I want, I wanted to live right now, which was travel the world, surf and find out about who I am, which is what I did and where a whole journey started for me of expansion and love and friendships and happiness and emotions that we all look for. That's an incredible story. Really, you were so lucky to actually get that epiphany at the age of 21, because some people sort of wait until 45 or whatever to actually sort of get that realization. And so what did you do next? Yeah, first, just as you said, I'm so grateful that I got this epiphany. But the truth is, on the moment when I took the decision to quit my job, I thought that I was a failure. On that moment, you think, you know, that you're regressing when really you're taking step forward into the right direction for you. But I thought that, you know, I was regressing. So yeah, but super grateful. So that must have been really hard actually sort of to coming to terms with your emotions and to also to think, ah, oh, you know, my parents have think that I'm going to do that sort of a job and I'm going to disappoint everybody. And, you know, that's Exactly, exactly. And I think it happens for so many people in so many situations where they've invested some time and energy into a project, be it a job or a relationship. And then they come to a point when they realize, I'm not aligned here, I'm not happy here. And so to go through that deep honesty with ourselves to say, you know, I'm going to choose to speak on my truth is so courageous and sometimes seen as a failure on the moment, which really it isn't, but it is difficult. So, yes, you gave your, yourself room for growth there. So that's really, really important. Exactly. So you decided to travel. Did you leave Australia and, and go around to other places? I did. So I decided that I would make uh, $10,000 for the last six months that remained on my visa. And I worked a lot and did uh, surf coaching, which I had done previously, but just a little bit less than when I decided to get onto that project of making the $10,000. And I, I did um, cleaning jobs, I did babysitting, a little bit of everything that I could find to make this money. And for me, I think what is important to mention as well, when someone goes, all right, I'm going to live my dream of, you know, traveling the world or creating that business or whatever that is. For me, the dream didn't start when I took 
my plane ticket and I left for the trip. For me, the dream started when I took the decision and when I started working. It started as soon as I took the decision. And the journey to the actual dream was incredible. I was already living the dream. And that's where that space was filled with so much so much extension. Mm-hmm. So truth is I didn't make the $10,000 <laughs> because I broke my arm. I broke my arm when I was surfing. And so I couldn't work anymore and all of that. But here again, while... At some stage, I saw it as a curse. Very quickly, I managed to turn it into a blessing and to have that mindset of, okay, what can I do even with my right arm that is broken? How can I find out more things about myself? And so still that self-discovery. And the next trip for me was Bali, where I did my first yoga teacher training there once that my arm was off the cast. And that trip was same life-changing and learned a lot about myself and yeah. And so what was the project after Bali? What was the project going to be? So after Bali, where I did my yoga teacher training, I moved back to France for three to four months where I started teaching yoga there. Excellent. Excellent. And great experience totally fell in love with teaching yoga. And so after that, I moved back to Bali because I thought that I wanted to learn more. If, you know, uh, Bali is such a beautiful place for anything spiritual or uh, health and wellness related. So there I really trained myself to be the yoga teacher that I yeah, the best yoga teacher that I could be really in teaching and taking classes with teachers that I had a lot of respect for. And I stayed there for almost a year and a half, a little bit more. Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> and so actually, what did you learn in the whole process? Was it just in the teacher training or did you sort of dabble in a bit of spirituality and sort of discover some some principles that actually have have led to you on your path today because it's it's a really interesting job a sort of can I say life coach is that yeah. is that what you do today yeah, of course. and and all these experiences in through Bali through yoga through surfing through everything how did that actually sort of lead you to the life that as a life coach today so I think for me the piece of nugget that really made the whole change was to take the decision to love myself and so to go into a direction that felt more natural for me with less resistance. From that moment on, everything aligned. So even the yoga teacher training that I did, which Truly, I didn't have a lot of money for that training. It wasn't the best training. I actually don't think it was a really good training, to be honest. But I still, the mindset that I had was so different from the previous one where I felt like I needed to control everything that was outside of me to be perfect in order to feel good. That whole shift for me was I feel so good inside. Whatever is on the outside is going to work out in one way or another. And so to see how I had changed made me want to 
help people on a deeper way. And yoga and meditation are beautiful tools to get in touch with our intuition, our feelings, to get out of our minds and our busy head that produce, you know, 60,000 thoughts a day and to really feel inwardly and to go on inner journeys. Because once the inner journey has started, then the outer life aligns with that. So, yeah, for me, I help people and I support people in that process of loving themselves. And it's been beautiful. I've been opening my uh, life coaching practice for a year and a half, working with clients from different countries through Skype, which is so, so, so nice to be able to use internet in that way. And I'm very, very grateful for what I do and where I'm taking my business and my life. That's wonderful. And actually, what I love what you said, and it, it really does strike a chord with me as well, because I had the same experience when we decided to move to Bali. And like at the minute that we decided to move, every, the whole sort of all the planets aligned and like we needed to sell a house to get there. And then just like, it wasn't a fluke. We found somebody to buy the house to actually pay for our trip to Bali and blah, 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 blah. And then we needed somebody to run the business whilst we were away. And just by magic, somebody came up, said, oh, I would really like to, you know, we'd like to be a partner with you, run the business with you. So all these things were actually really, really, yeah. As soon as you make a decision that is in alignment with, your true calling. It's amazing how the universe responds. Yeah, totally, totally. I love that. <laughs> so Eddie, I guess so moving on, could you walk us through a day in your life to sort of tell the listeners how you apprehend things? Yeah, so I wake up around 6, 6 a.m., sometimes 6.30, but I like to wake up early I love to enjoy this moment before the sun has rise. So I wake up early and then I do a yoga and meditation. And I always sit in meditation for minimum of 10 minutes. For me, that's my non-negotiable. I think it's great to have something that is non-negotiable as part of our uh, health and emotional uh, wellness routine. And after that, I drink water and I start to have my breakfast, have a nice breakfast, and then I start working. So I usually in the morning, I create content. I love to write and communicate my inspiration. So I write on social media, on blog, on newsletters, depends on what time of the day. And then I usually have clients call. And I finish around five around there and then I take some time off and I can go down to the beach or I can go for a walk in nature, things like that. And I try to go to bed super early. I love going to bed early. <laughs> yeah. So a healthy one. I think it's so nice to have those good health routines really takes us in a good mindset, a good state. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you actually sort of fit surfing into the whole equation? Is surfing still a big part of your life, uh, even though you live in Bordeaux, which is about an hour's drive away? Yeah, so I don't surf in the morning as I used to in Australia when I was surfing 
the whole day pretty much. So here I try to go surfing weekends and my weekend starts on Thursday afternoon. So, and they finish on Monday afternoon. So I have a long weekends where I can surf and enjoy nature. I tend to go down to the Southwest around Buritz to surf, but definitely living in a city. If any of your listeners live in the cities, it's sometimes more challenging to go surfing early in the morning and then to go to work. You know, there's always that little bit of pressure with the traffic jam or things like that. So um, I try to space up as much as possible my weekends and my holidays for that activity and still a big part of my, of my life. I love it. I think it's so such a beautiful practice. Absolutely. And I just wondered if we could sort of focus on how you're helping your clients and what tips you actually give them. I guess it's, there's no one single answer, but if there's anything to take from this conversation and for to sort of help empower your clients and to sort of find a way of actually feeling better with their emotions and more in tune with their emotions, what kind of advice would you give? Oh, broad questions. Yes. <laughs> So as you said, people are all on a different part of their journeys. So I can't really give one standard question, but I would say, you know, sometimes it's just really understanding, like maybe the biggest thing is really understanding the other person, really making them feel like they're seen, that they, someone understand them that there's nothing wrong with them because often people think there must be something wrong with me for feeling or being that way. And that is so much of the healing process already. So I don't heal people. I have compassion for people. I have love for people. I have understanding for people. And from that place, anybody heals because the only thing that we really yearn for is that is to feel like we're understood. So I would say that's the biggest piece. And then, of course, it it takes some as a coach. I'm here to support, to motivate, to help someone move from one place to another. So it's going to be inspiration. It's going to be stories. It's going to be authenticity in our communication. Because for me, I love having clients with whom I can laugh. I can share my own, you know, shame stories or times where I was scared and I did it anyway. Time where I, you know, I screwed up and I, I learned a lesson So I really show my humanness and not my perfect look who I am, like this awesome coach, just get it all figured out. I show all the pieces of me and say, hey, you know, it's okay. We're in this together. And and if I've done it or if I've gone through this, you can do it. And if if I've been going through that and if you go through that, it's normal. It's part of it. That's a really good answer. And have you sort of had some really inspirational stories like of clients that have had a um, radical change in their lives or in their in their well-being? Yeah, incredible stories from people who, whether they're my clients or not my clients, doesn't really matter because I see transformation stories everywhere. But definitely working 
alongside with someone, you know, there's people who've been in crazy situation at work and who end up quitting that job and to find a job that is more aligned and the universe just sort of brings those synchronicities that helps the person get onto that new path and finding work that really inspire them. There are some people who started their own businesses. So, so many, so many good stories. And for me, I love seeing people who come with, you know, maybe have a story, a life story that is a little bit difficult or that is just truthfully difficult of, you know, just childhood and, and things that are pretty dark but that through their journey, they make the choice of being someone else in their lives, of showing up, of being the best version of themselves. And for me, those people inspire me so much. They give me hope. They remind me of the choice that we all have to choose something different for ourselves and that we are always free, even though sometimes we feel like we're stuck somewhere because of our childhood and everything that we have lived. We never are. We, it's always a choice that we make to repeat that pattern or to break it and to choose something that is more empowering. That is so inspiring, actually, and because, yeah, it's definitely a question of the attitude facing adversity, and we all have the choice, and that's so important for people to, to realize that, that whatever the situation, you still have a choice. Yes, yes, so important to remember. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so would you recommend any sort of specific books or podcast maybe we'll talk about your podcast in a, in a few minutes but any books that could help people sort of get out of a tricky situation emotionally or career-wise or things like that then anything that's helped you along the way to overcome obstacles yeah so first I have so many books so for me like to make a choice <laughs> of the spot is going to be I'm going to try my best to pick the one that are coming intuitive but what I found fascinating is that usually when we read a book, we can read a book one year and read it and think, this is crap. Like, what is this about? Like, really? And then two years later, we come back to the book and we, th we, say, we think, why well, haven't read that before? And then we think, wait a minute, I have read this book. <laughs> but so again, it really like shows how it's about who we are inside and what we see and what we perceive and what we're ready or not to hear. Hmm. But one book, of course, that I totally transcended me was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> so, so incredible. And so that is like a book that has really changed my whole conception of life. And then another one that I found super inspiring that I often come back to is The Daily Love by Mastin Keep. Okay. So Mastin Keep, he is a life coach from the US. He is so funny. I really appreciate his humor and the story of his own journey, his own hero's journey and there are some beautiful pieces of wisdom. It's well written. And yeah, for me, it's a, it's a book that have inspired me. So on books, I would say those two have really changed my life. And then the podcast that I love listening to, besides yours, so, <laughs> which I really appreciate, 
is a podcast that is called Mark Groves. It's on a relationship, but the dude saying is super funny and talks about relationship and relationship to self in mainly. And it's a beautiful podcast. So yeah, those three, I think I would recommend. Okay. Well, I'll, we'll put them in the show notes of the episode so everybody can sort of check them out once they finish listening to the conversation. So that's really cool. So let's talk about your podcast. Tell us all about it. Yeah. So I started a podcast about a month ago. That is called Anouk Koholer Podcast, uh -huh. just very basic. And I talk about reflection on our inner journeys and how can we improve our lives to live a happier life. So it's a weekly podcast. And for now, it's mainly me who has been presenting things. But from the f next weeks on, I'm going to be uh, interviewing people who have changed their lives or who have uh, had epiphanies and, and who are super inspiring and who have inspired me in so many ways. So, yeah, I'm super excited. It's very intimidating to uh, do a podcast. I mean, you look very, you know, confident, like you've been doing that your whole life. But yeah, it's it's really interesting and it's a good journey for me. Yeah, it's very fun actually. If you go to the first episodes that I took out, you'll see there's definitely been a progress, <laughs> which is the least <laughs> we could say. Yeah. That gives me hope then. Yes, yes. No, it was terrible. The, te the first episode was terrible. But anyway, you have to own it at once at some time. So it's, uh, it's all part of a learning process too. <laughs> exactly. And for me, it's such a good exercise as well, because coming from that place of being, you know, not the bottom of the ladder, but for me, I know that there is some space for improvement. Such a good journey, a good goal, takes me out of my comfort zone, makes me want to be curious about how can I improve myself. And I think sometimes a lot of people get stuck in their life and not, don't put things into action because they think it's not going to be good. Yeah. And I always try to remind people, I'm not going to like lie to them to say, you know, yes, it's going to be amazing. It's like, no, it's probably not going to be so great, but that's okay. <laughs> and you'll get better and you'll get better. And same in my yoga classes. Sometimes we try postures that are difficult, you know, and I do um, demonstration. I show them the posture on the mat and, of course, I have a lot of practice. You know, I've failed many times. I've failed many times. So now I'm able to put up this beautiful, graceful posture. And people, like, you know, have their jaw dropping. They're like, oh, my God, it's beautiful. And I go, right, now try it out. And to be honest, sometimes I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that didn't look so great, you know. I don't want to lie to people either. But I, write, I go, okay, we're able to see that. Now what? We're going to work with this. And I think that's important to look at the truth of where we are and say, what can I do now to improve a little bit? And just to keep failing and falling and stumbling about. And, and that's the best journey ever. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. So I guess sort of moving on to the interview, I'd just love to sort of know a bit more about your relationship with surfing, what your favorite board is right now. Oh my God. There's this board that I've tried. It's not my board, but I've tried it. It's, uh, I think it's 7'6". 
And it's, um, do you know the surfer Ellie Erickson? No, he's a surfer from Australia and it's one of his board. It's a single fin. Uh, I think it's a diamond tail. Oh, it's just, it goes so well on any types of ways. <laughs> and yeah, it just gives you really, really good feelings and sensation. I'm totally in love with this board. Brilliant. And what about your favorite surfing destination so far? Because you've been to loads of places in the world. Is there something that comes up as a favorite? Oh, so many. I have to say, I'm just coming back from Sri Lanka. And Sri Lanka was amazing, absolutely incredible, uh, beautiful point breaks, a little bit crowded, but I stayed in the cutest little spot called Hilltop Cabanas in, in Sri Lanka around Argan Bay. It's a really beautiful destination with elephants, loads of wildlife. Yeah, it's a beautiful destination. But also, I'd say I've been to the Maldives wow. on a boat trip. And that was incredible. Probably not the best environmental thing to do at the moment. I'm so sorry if any of your listeners are like, what? But it was pretty incredible waves. Excellent, excellent. So before I guess we sort of park the bus here, I just wondered if you could sort of recap how to get hold of you and where to find you on social media so that our listeners can actually uh, connect with you. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook. So my Instagram is Anouk Corolleur, uh, and I'm sure it's going to be written in some Yeah, or on my website, which is the same, my uh, first name and surname. And if you want to connect with me or work with me, I do uh, private coaching. I also lead retreats and do workshops and... Yeah, I would love to hear from any of you if any is anyone is interested in, in working with me. And yeah, that's lovely. And so just before we sort of finish this lovely interview, this has been an amazing conversation. And I, I feel that we've had maybe sort of with 20 years difference, we've had the kind of similar paths, but like you did them really young where I'm, I'm doing them a bit older. It's, it's funny, there's a sort of 20 year gap, but it's just fantastic to sort of hear about your story and, and how you're discovering yourself and how you're actually empowering others. It's beautiful. And actually what I usually do at the end of my interview is ask my guest to finish four sentences, which are very simple, but they sometimes have some beautiful answers. So the first sentence is, I love. My life. I miss. I miss some people that I've lost, of course. I wish. I wish. Oh, my God, this is going to sound so Michael Jackson, but I wish <laughs> the world to be a better place. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is I want. I want everyone to live the best life that they possibly can. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So what are the next steps for Anukora? Because I guess the podcast is quite time consuming, but are you planning on other developments of your business? Yeah. So 
podcast, of course, but also I have uh, several retreats that are coming up. So I have one in Chamonix, I have one in Bali, one in Portugal. So there's going to be a lot of that, a lot of traveling around. And other than that, to be honest, at that time, I'm trying not to spread myself out too much. And sometimes I feel like we're so into doing more and more and more and more and more and get our life so busy. And I really want to focus on my private coaching and the retreat that I'm leading and just to take the time off, completely off for myself and for my friends and for my family whenever I have time to do that. Yeah, I love that. I love your your long weekend plan. That is such a good idea. Yes, get them, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you ever so much for dropping in on the show and off, off the sort of off the top of the hat. And um, I really, really appreciate meeting you and your soul. And it's just a lovely discussion. Thank you very much for Thank being my guest. Thank you. I'm super happy. <laughs> Take care. Take care. See you. Ciao. That was a wonderful episode. Thank you all for listening. I love the way Anouk has created a business that fits with her long weekends. Wouldn't it be awesome to create a job that requires only three days of work a week? I mean, what would you do in your spare time? Anyway, on that note, you might want to check out Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Workweek book for more info. It's an excellent place to start. In fact, all the books and links to the podcast can be found in your show notes on your podcast app and on the oceanriderspodcast.com. So to get hold of Anouk, head over to her Instagram account at Anouk Coroller, her website anoukcoroller.com and her podcast, the Anouk Coroller podcast. Uh, links to it are in your show notes. Anouk is also an ambassador at Immersion Surf Magazine, who are also my buddies. So you, you can check out their awesome Insta account at Immersion Surf Mag. The Ocean Riders podcast started out as a passion project and is slowly turning into a tiny mini, mini, mini business. If you like it, you can support it in a number of ways. Number one, share your love for this podcast on iTunes by giving it a few stars or a review and better still subscribe. Anything in this direction increases my ranking and lets more people hear about my fascinating guests and how they are creating a dream job. Tell your friends, your family and everybody by sharing the awesome content provided by my guests. Number two, comment and join the conversation on social media. You'll find links to my social media accounts on theoceanriderspodcast.com and alternatively, you can connect with me on Instagram at the Ocean Riders Podcast, on Facebook at the Ocean Riders Podcast and on Twitter at Imi Podcast. Number three, come and join me for an episode or you could even sponsor my podcast. Just send an email to hello at the oceanriderspodcast.com and I'll take care of the rest. I'm also creating a tiny bit of planet friendly merch like organic t-shirts, posters and greeting cards. So stay tuned to see what's coming up and how you can support my work in a creative way. Thank you, Anouk, for being such an awe-inspiring guest. And thank you ever so much for tuning in this week. Until next episode, take care, have fun and enjoy the waves. Ciao.